It's Fan Fiction Friday. Let's grade some of your Mariners trades. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Friday, November 24th, 2023. This is Tidings Alls and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-D-O-N to get yourself started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. This is Fan Fiction Friday, the show where you submit your Mariners trade proposals and we grade them on the 2080 scouting scale. 20 being the worst, 80 being the best, of course. Let's get into them. Let's start here with Switch. Mariners receive Spencer Steer from the Cincinnati Reds for Bryce Miller, Trent Thornton, and Alberto Rodriguez. Coley. Yeah, um, it's not bad. It's certainly not bad, um, but it does seem like it's it's you know not my cup of milk. But I, I think that the issue I run into here is I think Miller for uh, Steer, which is appropriate. Uh, I feel like that's pretty fair balance. I'd probably prefer Miller, but you know Steer certainly had a pretty good year last year, and there is some. Uh, perceived versatility you know when you're bad at multiple spots people still think you're versatile but um yeah it's an interesting uh idea but you do also lose it lose a year of club control steer gets a full year of, of service time this year whereas miller doesn't so it'd be six mm-hmm. years of miller for five years of steer and and i just I, like i said i think that's fine but then why are you um you know like why are you giving up more than miller to get steer that that to me doesn't make a lot of sense and granted you're not giving up a ton like rodriguez and thornton they're not super difficult uh pieces to replace and they're not carrying that much value to you right now but still you you don't want to overpay just for the sake of overpaying and and you know if if the reds are coming to me and saying like hey we want bryce miller uh and you say okay give me spencer steer and they say well what else are you going to give us because that's too much then i'm saying well, then I guess we need to be talking about Matt McClain because that's a guy who I'm willing to add a little bit to on Miller to get. Uh, I'm not willing to do that for Steer. I think Miller for for Steer straight up is is totally fine, but I, I just probably honestly still prefer Miller. So it, you're overpaying, but it's not a drastic overpay. You know, you're throwing in extra players that probably shouldn't be in the deal, but maybe have to be. Um, so like like if I saw that deal come across the ticker, it'd be like, okay, like. I understand what they're trying to do, but uh, wouldn't love it, but I'd understand what they were doing. So overall the trade is, is fine. I just, I feel like if anything, the reds need to be adding these type of pieces on their side to, to match value. But um, overall I would say 40, 45, somewhere in that range. Like it's, it's certainly not bad. Okay. I'm going to say this again 
and again and again until the day that Bryce Miller or Brian Wu eventually get traded, if they ever do get traded. Bryce Miller is one of the few players that are feasibly available this offseason that represent the most valuable commodity in all of baseball, which is young, affordable, controllable starting pitching, who has already established himself a little bit in the league and has already flashed middle of the rotation stuff. That's very valuable to me. Six years of club control for five of Spencer Steer, who's a really good hitter. Don't get me wrong. Really good hitter, Spencer Steer. But he doesn't have a defensive home. He posted a negative 17 outs above average across the board this past season. That's terrible. It's just, look, it's fine. If they traded Bryce Miller for Spencer Steer, I'm not dragging Jerry DePoto over that and Justin Hollander. I'm not. It's a fine deal. It's a fine move, if you will, Colby. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. But it does feel weird to me that with everything that I've just said, the Reds, or sorry, the Mariners, rather, are the ones adding additional pieces. Not that I think that Trent Thornton and Alberto Rodriguez really anything. But to me, it's just weird that the Mariners who to me are giving up the more valuable piece here are giving up more. They're adding more to the deal on their side rather than the reds. That to me yeah. feels a little bit backwards, but I think this is fine. It's a, it's a 40. So next trade from Daisy and the dingo. It's another reds deal. M's get Christian Encarnacion strand and Jorge Polanco reds get Brian Wu and the twins get Connor. Phillips. So essentially the Mariners are trading Brian Wu for Christian Encarnacion Strand and Jorge Polanco. Colby, what do you think about that deal? Uh I don't quite get it. Um why would the the twins trade Polanco for Connor Phillips? You know, I, I don't understand. Why are and why wouldn't the Reds like if they if the Reds are trading Connor Phillips, why wouldn't they just go trade for like Max Kepler instead of Polanco. Uh, Polanco goes to the Mariners. I just don't understand like how the Mariners get Brian Wu and they turn him into two players when they're only giving up one. Uh, I don't think Wu carries that kind of value. I, I think Encarnacion Strand for Wu is something that you know the Reds might consider. Um, but to me, I don't think the Twins are getting enough here to give up Polanco. Uh, so I, I don't think that the Reds would give up Encarnacion Strand and Phillips just to get Wu. I, I feel like there's a piece missing in this deal. Um, and I think it has to come from Seattle's side. It doesn't have to be a, a, I don't think it has to be a significant piece, but like, I don't know, Emerson Hancock, uh, maybe uh, Jonathan Classe. Like, I don't think it's an elite prospect or anything like that, but I do feel like it, it's a little high in the sky for the Mariners. Um, but then again, you know, the twins are, are dumping payroll. Apparently they're, they're trying to, uh, they have some depth in the infield now, so Polanco might not fit all too well. Uh, but I would honestly bet that the the Twins would look at that and be like, okay, but we can get more for, for that. We can get more than that for Polanco. So how about instead we give you like Kyle Farmer, at which point doesn't really make a lot of sense for the Mariners. So I, I just feel like this this deal is a, is a piece off. Like you're missing a piece. Either something needs mm-hmm. to be changed or somebody needs to be added. Um, but it's a three-team deal, and those are – uh, definitely harder to uh, maneuver than a two-team deal. So overall, I think I'll go 
uh i don't know 40 uh yeah. just doesn't really uh really doesn't pass the sniff test to me yeah i was somewhere in the 40 to 45 range let's call it 42 yeah good one um yeah it does feel like a, a piece off um from from the mariners side of things I, I get that the twins are reportedly trying to shed some payroll and polanco's an obvious candidate for that along with max kepler um because they're on shorter term deals and they're making a fair bit of amount of money um i don't know if connor phillips though necessarily moves the needle for the for the twins enough he's interesting don't get me wrong interesting arm but he is but i i do wonder like is he the type of arms the twins want to take a shot on yeah maybe maybe not i don't know enough about the twins but um yeah. you know i also i i also wonder like what what do you do with all these infielders right you throw polanco into the mix you throw incarnacion uh, incarnacion strand into the mix you already have france you have rojas you have urias how does that kind of all work um i mean like nothing's stopping you from trading one or two of those guys obviously but i'm just not sure like if the mayor if that's what the mariners would would actually want in this deal all right we got more trades coming up in just a moment but first a reminder this episode of the locked on mariners podcast is brought to you by fanduel Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. And yeah, the Mariners might not be playing right now, but the Kraken and Seahawks are. So whether the action is on turf or on the ice, you can bet on it all with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Fan Fiction Friday. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Let's get back into your trades here, folks. We are going to look at this deal here from Matt. It's a deal between the Brewers and the Mariners. Michael Arroyo, Darren Bowen, Cade Marlowe, Jose Caballero for Willie Adamas and Abner Uribe, who is a um, one of the more underrated relievers in baseball right now. Very exciting young arm. Uh, what do you think about this deal? Yes, from the land of cheese, which is very fitting today. Um, mm-hmm. Dairy. Yep. I think it's kind of a lot to give up for one year of Adamas, especially when I'm not quite sure how he fits. Like, mm. are they moving JP to second base for him? Are they moving Adamas to third base? Are they mm-hmm. moving Adamas to second? Like, how does this fit? Um, Arroyo is is obviously you know a pretty a pretty exciting prospect. Uh, you know, needs to you know have a slightly better year this upcoming year, but no reason to give up on him yet. Marlo and Caballero, they're major league depth, so 
you know, not a huge deal to lose them, but Darren Bowen's one of the more underrated prospects, uh, in the system. Uh, Friend of he the show. is, yep. Uh, he's, uh, his big knock on him is that he's always been a small guy. Um, he's up to 185 now. Uh, he's got the wicked slider, really good fastball. So, um, he certainly has uh, a chance to be a, a valuable uh, piece either in the rotation or out of the bullpen. Um, so it, it's basically to me, it's, it's basically Arroyo and Caballero for one year of Adamas. And then it's Bowen and, and Marlowe for Uribe. It's not bad. Like I, I don't think it's bad. I just, it's a lot to give up for one year of Adamus and Adamus wasn't very good last year, offensively speaking. And that's kind of where, what I'm looking at right now. I feel pretty good about my defense on the infield. And so unless you're, unless you're going to sell me on moving JP to second base and he's okay with that. And Adamus mm-hmm. is the shortstop. I don't think you're upgrading, um, you know, all that much defensively by putting Adamus at third or second. So, um, I, I just I don't know if I want to give up one year of that. Uh, Uribe is, is certainly makes this more interesting, uh, but I think it's a little heavy. But it's not it's not bad. It it's it's you know not something I want to put out to pastor. It it, it it's fine. All fair points, Colby. Uh, with regards to Adamus, um, yeah, it does really matter in terms of where he's going to play defensively. You know, optimally speaking, we've said this in the past, talking about Adamus, that it would make the most sense for him to play shortstop and JP to move over to second base. But that's up to JP. I think JP's earned that right to uh, to decide if he wants to move off a shortstop or not. Um, yeah. yeah. Imagine tell, um, just telling him, you're the second baseman now after the year he just had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I do like this deal. A lot though, because I, I believe that there, I, I believe that Adamus can be significantly better than he was offensively uh, this past year, um, and I really like Abner Uribe and sinker slider guy. Mariners love those dudes. That's the meta right now for for the Mariners and their relievers. Uh, it is indeed. And I get that guy for what six years or whatever it is, five years. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I I would I would do this deal. It, it is it is a lot, and there's definitely a, a good amount of risk here with with adamas it's only for a year but i i can talk myself into the steal. 20 walks and 30 innings for your rebate oof. oof that that's tough well, now again you get him for we'll, six years we'll obviously <laughs> seattle's not afraid to take shots on guys like this they just did yeah. um you know when they traded gino so um i'd say this if this came across the ticker i think it is a a really good like win now move there would again, mm-hmm. there would be questions like, "What? Where is Adamus going to play?" But Uribe certainly goes into the the back half of that bullpen, and and you know he kind of has to earn the high leverage spots, but he certainly can. So, uh, this came across the the ticker. I'd be like, "Okay, I, I get it. They're going for it this year. That's good." Only one year of Adamus makes it a little scary for me to give up Arroyo or Bowen even. But like, if it was just Bowen straight up for Adamus, I I would do that, and I think the rest of it for Uribe. Yeah, I think that's fine. So I, I think mm-hmm. I'd probably give this one a 50. I, I think it's solid. I just, to me... I'm going to go much higher, Colby. You're going to go higher? I'm going to go much higher. Oh, no. I really, I really like this deal. When I saw it, this is why I put it on the show. I really like this deal. Ty's in a good a, mood today. I'm giving... Right. I'm giving it a 60. No, I think this is much higher. I mean, it's, it's two full grades higher. Like... 
It's I, fine. I, I, I really like this deal. This, You're this all is very on. good, Matt. This You're is very good. good. I mean, he's no Devin Williams, but... That's true. That's true. That's true. I, I do think, though, we'll be talking about Devin Williams here in a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, All right. Ty was just obsessed with cheese today. Two Milwaukee trades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan here says, I just really like this player, so I'm going to throw it out there. Phillies get Brian Wu, Michael Arroyo, Taylor Trammell for Bryson Stott. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is more a deal that you, you realize, like, the Phillies are probably not going to trade Stott. I totally get that. Um, so I'm just going to look at this from a pure valuation standpoint. Cause again, the, the Phillies are not trading Bryson Stott. I just, I can't imagine that happening. Um, I think this is fine valuation. Stott is a really good defender, but he hasn't hit much. I mean, he hits for a high average, but WRC plus wise, he's, I think he was like 84 WRC plus last year. This year it's like 101, something like that. So he hasn't been that good of a hitter, but he hits for a high average. He steals bases. I can hit for some pop. Uh, there's definitely quite a bit of value there. Um, I think Wu and, and Arroyo is uh, Tremel here is nothing. Tremel, you know, is probably going to get DFA'd at some point this offseason. So, from that perspective, that's really nothing. So, I'm just looking at, at, at Arroyo and, and Wu here. Um, I think that's good valuation. It might need another piece, though, on, on top of that to, to line up with Bryson Stott. Yeah. Um, Stott is only 26. You know, he's got four years of club control left, like maybe five. I, I think he might be super two eligible next year. So, um, yeah, he's a four win player this year, but like you mentioned, not, not a ton of hit, uh, but yeah. certainly he's not a zero at the plate by no means yeah. is he, uh, not providing value at the plate. Um, I do wonder if, if like, if you're looking for a similar ish type of player, Brendan Donovan makes more mm-hmm. sense and he's probably available this winter mm-hmm. as well and probably for something like the package you're you're describing so mm-hmm. um for a player like stop i i think this is probably a, a little bit light but not terrible by any stretch mm-hmm. and and yeah i think if you're looking for a like a a similar kind of deal to just slide this package over into it would be something like donovan and maybe you get like even like dylan carlson out of it too or something like that Mm so um yeah it's valuation wise i think it's fine but you're right like the the phillies aren't trading bryson stop there's just no i mean maybe if you start flashing logan gilbert at them but philly's pitching is pretty good they they feel pretty good about where they're at and if they want another pitcher they could just go buy one so um I, i i feel like uh the specific deal is probably like a 30, 35, just because Stott's not an available player. But I think when you, if you're looking for a player like Bryson Stott, similar to that, mm-hmm. then I think it's probably somewhere in that range is, is what you're looking at plus or minus yeah. a piece or, or an upgrade here or there. But I think it's in the ballpark, the specific deal it's, it's 30 you're, you're targeting a player that's not available mm-hmm. um, unless you drastically over, like if you throw Kirby out there, then they probably do that, but you're not going to for a, just the player, like the idea of the player that you're after, I think that's about right. So I'll go 50. Yeah, yeah. From from that perspective, 50. If we're just looking yeah. strictly at valuation, like if, let, let's just say that Bryson Stott was available, like let's just pretend for a second here, if he was available, I think this is pretty close to fair valuation for, for Stott. I think you probably need to chip in one more piece uh, if you're the Mariners. Not a significant piece, but something that balances out just a little bit more. Um but I think I think Arroyo and, and Wu do a lot of the heavy lifting here, and and I think that's a that's a solid offer for someone like Bryson Stott, given where he's at in his career and 
kind of the player that he is and what his profile is. So, yeah, yeah. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Fan Fiction Friday. We got three more trades to go over from you guys. We got one here from Connor, Boba and Jordan Romano for Logan Gilbert, Matt Brash, and Cole Young. To me, Logan Gilbert is the most valuable player in this deal. So why? And Matt Brash is unequivocally the more valuable reliever you know, between him and Romano. Mm-hmm. Why are the Mariners also giving up Cole Young? To me, Gilbert's pretty significantly the most valuable player in this deal because you get Gilbert for four years, you get Bichette for two. Like, that's the ballgame right there. It's over. Like, Bichette for Gilbert straight up is not an equitable deal for the Mariners. Uh, Then the Blue Jays also get a, a more valuable reliever and a top 50 prospect in all of baseball. No, you're paying for the name. Uh, you're paying for the Bichette name. You're not paying for the player that he actually is. So no, because again, uh, again, you're not you're not trading for the hope of an extension or anything like that. That does not factor into the valuation. So you're trading four years of Logan Gilbert for two years of Bob Bichette. I think that's how many years he has left. Two years, yep. uh, and then you're trading what five years of Brash, four years of Brash for five. I think is it two years or one year of Romano? I think it's one plus an option. Let me let me. I think he signed an extension, but and and Brash is and and Brash is already a better reliever than Romano is. So yeah, two two years of Romano. So yeah, Uh, and then I also have to chip in a top fifty prospect in in Cole Young, or if you're the low man on Cole Young, all right, top eighty prospect in baseball. You're right. Who's got an outside shot to you know make his debut this year? Like he's knocking on the door of the big. Like he's close. He's he's close. Yeah, he's close. Like. Probably 2025 is is more yeah. realistic for him, but that's that's close in prospect circles. So, no, it's it's a drastic overpay. You're paying for a name, you're you're paying for Bichette's name, and not the player that he is. And, and Gilbert's just better. He's more valuable than Bichette. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think honestly, if, if you'd come at me with Bichette and and Romano for Gilbert, I'd be like, okay, like I, I'd listen on that. Mm-hmm. But I'm certainly not giving up Brash, and I'm certainly not giving up Cole Young either of them. Yeah, uh, for those agreed. two players, if I have to give up Gilbert, so agreed. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Connor. It's just a drastic overpay. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Next one here from Doug Christian Yelich and Devin Williams for Emerson Hancock and Tyler Locklear for all of Yelich's contract. 20. 20. 20. If the Brewers are eating, eating a significant amount of Yelich's contract, all right. Then like fifty, because you know you you know how much I love the idea of of Devin Williams, and if you're you know getting Yelich as, as like a you know eleven to fourteen ish million dollar a year player instead of the twenty six or whatever he is right now, um, and all you have to give up for that is Hancock and and Locklear, yeah, I think that's like a fifty, but yeah. But you didn't you you didn't mention the contract here. So if it's just no. Yel- all of Yelich's contract, um, yeah, yeah, if it's all of Yelich's contract, that that idea is about as useful as a moon pie, um, or should Good I one. say cow pie? But cow pie. Uh, yep, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. that one's a little more on the. This is this is not going to play at all on the audio version of the show. People, people well, listening. I guess in their you guys got to head right over now, to YouTube. Like, if you guys are listening and not watching, just. Go to the the YouTube video, 
see yep. the first frame and you'll know exactly yeah, yeah. what I'm talking about and then go back yeah, and yeah. listen. This will make a lot more sense. Moo. But um, yeah, Yelich's contract is prohibitive despite you know how good of a year he had. And also he wasn't mm-hmm. all that good the year before. So there there's mm-hmm. some concerns there with performance. He's 34 years old, I believe. I mean, like you still got him for another five years. You, you can't pay that guy more than 12 to $15 million a year. Um, mm-hmm. So... Again, as presented to us, because there's no mention of, of paying down the contract at all. Um, still like a 35, I think, uh, because Williams is insane. And, and Yelich, despite being overpaid, if you're paying him $26 million a year, still coming off a really good year. And he fits Seattle, like the the ballpark. He fits the the lineup. He fits the need very well. So um, mm-hmm. if we're paying down that to a, you know, a dollar figure, uh, that's, you know, appropriate and easier to swallow than, you know, like HUD. Um, if you're, if you're doing that, then, uh, I think it's probably a, I think it's probably still a 50 because then at that point, I wonder, do the brewers do this? Like what's the incentive for the brewers sure. to take this sure. deal? So yeah. there's definitely a balancing act here, uh, on the salary where right. the brewers eating so much that they're just giving away Devin Williams for, you know, a couple of good prospects, but, certainly not elite or, or mind bending prospects. And that just right. doesn't seem like something they'd be interested in. They could get more uh, than, than that for Devin Williams. Do you want to know what this cardigan is actually from? Uh, no, the Cruella DeVille collection. Close, close, close. Have you seen the new Spider-Verse movie? I was going to say, is that the, the ink guy it's, or the, it's the spot? Yeah, it's the spot, yeah, the spot guy. Yeah. 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 Spot. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Last trade. Uh, this one was sent to me uh, from someone that wanted to remain anonymous. They s- sent a DM. Howard. Uh, they, they sent a really nice message, <laughs> though. So I was like, all right, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll put your trade in here. Nice person, but um, still a coward. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a three-team deal with the Orioles, Mariners, and White Sox. Uh, Orioles receive Logan Gilbert. Mariners receive Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. And the White Sox receive Heston Kierstad, Joey Ortiz, Connor Norby, and Gabby Gonzalez. So uh, this is essentially Logan Gilbert and Gabby Gonzalez for Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez from the Mariners side of things. Um, yeah, complicated deal. Coley, what do you uh, what do you think? I think it's probably about right, just in terms of value. Um, sure. Solely from what the Mariners are getting. Like, I don't think the White Sox are getting enough if they're not getting logan gilbert and if they're not getting logan gilbert in this deal they're not trading robert so i think it dies right there but just you know when you knock down all the extra you know window dressing and you just kind of look at for what it is um you know when you tip over the rest of the cows and there's only one standing the uh gilbert and gonzalez for robert and eloy I think it's about right. I think it's about right. Uh, there's a possibility, and I, I don't think it's unfair, where the White Sox look at that and be like, okay, we need something else, though, because Robert is actually more valuable than Gilbert uh, because he's an elite center fielder. And while the Mariners are going to say, okay, well, he's not going to play center field for us, the White Sox are going to say, we don't care. That's not our problem. So um, I think valuation-wise, it just when you break it down to that very simple, those – Two for two. Uh, I think it's. I think it's fine. I think it's a you know fifty fifty five somewhere in that range. Um, but I think you also probably have to add a little bit more, uh, unless the the White Sox are just like desperate to get rid of Eloy's contract, which isn't that bad. Um, yeah, Jimenez is a, a DH only, uh, which is fine. You have that opening. 
and mm-hmm. Robert would play probably left field, which is mm-hmm. fine. You can, you can do that. So, but that diminishes uh, his value a little bit because he's a, in right. a an amazing defensive center fielder, and obviously, amazing right. center field defense is a lot more valuable than amazing corner outfield defense. Right, you're not moving Julio. Um, yeah, for Robert, so. You know, it, it's certainly interesting. Um, I, I I think the uh, the injury concerns are, are pretty re- real for Robert. Sure, this is the first year he played over a hundred games uh, in his entire career. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is what it's going to take. Like, if you want Luis Robert, mm-hmm. I think you have to be willing to talk Gilbert. Um, I don't think that Wu or Miller is going to headline a Robert trade. So. Uh, yeah, I think overall, when you boil down to just what the Mariners are getting and what they're giving up, which is kind of the only avenue we care about here, uh, then I think it's probably a 50. Because I think you might yeah. have to add a little bit more, but it's yeah. certainly in the, the ballpark. The the three-team deal itself, because I just I don't think the White Sox are getting enough, is probably like a 35. Um, but yeah. the but from yeah, from the angle that you're taking, Coley. Yeah, I would say it's probably 50. Um, I think the Mariners probably have to chip in a little bit more here because, look, yeah, obviously injury concerns, uh, but Robert it has the potential to be one of the best players in all of baseball. Um, there's obviously going to be a very, very high premium on it. Yeah, sure. he does. He does. But, you know, amazing glove, hits a ton of homers, steals yep. bags. Like, he, he does it all. Like, so it's obviously right. going to have and... a, a major premium on that. So. Right. If you guys didn't know, the White Sox hold a funeral for Eloy Jimenez pretty much every year. So right, he right. also has his own injury concerns. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not the perfect deal, but uh, it's it's something that I think gets the conversation going. Sure. Um, so, yeah, for that standpoint, yeah, like you don't need the Orioles in this deal uh, because the Orioles actually get in the way because it doesn't seem like the White Sox are, are super interested in faraway prospects. Right. Like they want guys who have a major league track record. Look at what they traded Aaron Bummer for, like a bunch of, you know, fringe major leaguers. Mm-hmm. So uh, if the White Sox want to kind of do a quick rebuild thing, then they're going to be the team that wants Logan Gilbert. Um, and honestly, the the Orioles can go pound sand because they don't have anything uh, worth Gilbert. That's not, you know, Gunnar Henderson or, or Jackson Holiday. So. Uh, yeah, if I'm trading Logan Gilbert, I want a star back and Luis Robert is a star. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's, that's how I would look at it. Yeah. You either want a star or you want two very good players back for, yeah. for Gilbert Proven and, uh, players. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, Colby, I know you have a question of the day for, uh, the people in the oh, yeah. uh, chat watching the premiere or the people down in the comments watching after the fact. Um, what's the question of the day? Since we do the premiere every day, we should probably ask the question of the day at the top, but whatever. Um, question of the day. Uh, we're going old school here, uh, as a kid of the nineties, um, who watched 101 Dalmatians. Uh, right. my question for what you about, is, what about 102 Dalmatians? No, OG for life. Uh, right. speaking of OG, very simple question. Charmander, Squirtle, Bulbasaur. Let us know mm. who is your mm. starter. Uh, in the who, comments who, down below, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just know we would never hang out socially. Right. I know. I know who your favorite is. Who is your least favorite of the three, though, Coley? Oh man, that's like asking which kid do you hate the most. Every family has one. We all know mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I knows it's him. But right. um, yeah, 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 yeah. Very true. Very accurate. Uh, Very painful. Char- I think Charmander, honestly, is my least favorite one. 
Mm. Just a very basic design. I mean, to be fair, so is Squirtle. He's a turtle. Like, <laughs> but Squir- uh, Squirtle's a homie, though. Squirtle, Squirtle's yeah. a homie. Squirtle Squad. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Charmander is just no personality until he becomes Charmeleon. Um, yeah. very Bulbasaur clearly. is my Bulbas- favorite. Huh? Bulbasaur is my favorite, too. Then it goes Squirtle. Then it goes Charmander, though I like Charmander a lot. But yeah, I mean, they're Charmander, all great. Char- Charmander gets three also as someone that does play a little pokemon trainer in smash bros you know you get all three of those guys i i do mostly play uh, ivysaur and and squirtle so ivysaur is the best middle evolution i think blastoise is the best finalist evolution i really like charizard though charizard's pretty no sad. charizard's awesome like yeah the bulbasaur line definitely has the weakest third evolution like i think venusaur is yeah, pretty yeah. cool but it's just not yeah. as cool as, as charizard or or sure, blastoise yeah. so sure Sure. All right. Well, let us know in the uh, in the live chat. You only have a, like a minute left to do that. <laughs> so maybe go to the comments instead. Uh, and maybe now that we're doing premieres every day, we'll start doing the question of the day a little earlier on in the show. We'll, we'll figure out a spot to, to start doing that. All right. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, the C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Where's the beef? <laughs> uh...